Hey everyone, welcome back to Sports the Nemo Way. I'm Alex and we're back getting ready to discuss Dwight Howard and he will be defended by Wade and I just like last week with T-Mac. I have Dwight at 44 on my list and Wade has him at 49, so very similarly rated. But before we start our argument, let's get over go over his career quickly. The 6'10", 265-pound center who played for the Orlando Magic, Los Angeles Lakers, Houston Rockets, Atlanta Hawks, Charlotte Hornets, Washington Wizards, and now the Philadelphia 76ers. He's a one-time champ, zero-time MVP, eight-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, who, who is playing in his 16th NBA season after being drafted number one overall with career averages of 16, 12, and 1 on 58% shooting. So now I'll kick it to Wade to get us started. Um. Well, I, uh, I'm sure we'll go farther into into detail um, about uh, some of his off the court um, things, but uh, I feel like um, Dwight Howard kind of gets a a bad rap for for, and I'm not really sure why, but uh, so I don't think a lot of people really uh, consider him to be an all time great center. To be honest, because a lot of people don't like him, um, but uh, I think he's. I, I feel like he's obviously one of the best defensive um, centers we've, we've ever had. Um, uh, Rebounding-wise, he was very elite for, for most of his career. Um, he gets bashed on a lot for uh, an underdeveloped offensive game, but he was still a good offensive player in his prime, I, I believe. But I think, obviously, um, the defense and the rebounding is where he made his, made his money. I think he's up there with... Uh, a lot of the greatest centers of all time as far as defense and rebounding. Um, he is at the bottom of, uh, of my center list. So, I mean, it's I'm, I'm aware he's not Shaq or Kareem or anything like that. But, uh, um, you know, I think there's a lot of guys at the bottom of, uh, of the center's list you can make an argument for. And uh, I, I, I think he's one of them. Fair enough there, Wade. Um does anybody want to go back at Wade real quick before I go? Uh, no, go ahead. All right. Um, well, again, Dwight played for my beloved Magic. Um, but then Dwight kind of spurred my, spurred my Magic and uh, got his way pushed out of town. But uh, I want to I look at this a little bit different. Um, defensively, Dwight Howard is in super, super elite company. He's a three-time Defensive Player of the Year award winner. He's five-time All-Defense. He's a two-time block champ, a five-time rebounding champ, along with being 13th all-time in blocks and 12th all-time in rebounds. Um, He's also seventh all-time among centers in rebounds. Um, And he's 160th in steals. Um, Most guys that have that defensive resume, which there's not many, by the way, um, are just complete zeros on offense. You're talking about Ben Wallace, you're talking about Mark Eaton, and you're even talking about Dikembe Mutombo. Um, but Dwight was not that, at least in his prime. He may be now. Um, but he averaged over 24 times in his career, and he's 66th all-time in points, ahead of a lot of guys we've already discussed. Um, Dwight is one of 10 players all-time to have a 30-30 game. By the way, this is just an interesting fact. Um, 
Wilt Chamberlain did that 124 times. <laughs> wow. But only nine other players have ever done it once. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> That's crazy. Right. Um, and 2011, Dwight was second in the MVP voting. Um, he shot over 60% from the field five times in his career. Um, and he was the unquestioned best center in the league for five years. Who was he behind in the MVP? You Derek know? Rose. Derek Rose. A very highly uh, argued oh, MVP. Yeah, no, I was just asking. I wasn't no, no, sure. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, so, yeah, that's my opening statement on uh, Dwight. So, is one of you, the uh, three guys on the other side of this want to go? Sure, I'll talk a little bit. Um, I've watched Dwight for a long time. I liked him with Orlando. He played for the Lakers for a little bit. Went back to the Lakers again last year. <laughs> uh, you know, I've seen him all over. For me, the, the center list was probably my deepest list. And um, I, I won't say that he was number 11, but he was in consideration at least. Uh, my bottom guys were uh, Patrick Ewing and George Mikan. And I have to defend Mikan here in a couple weeks. So I'll get more into his stuff. Sorry, more into his stuff at that point. Um, but Patrick Ewing... Um, to me, we just had a little bit more. Um, his he wasn't quite as high rebound wise, and he's a couple rebounds behind Dwight, but he's like five points ahead. Um, steals were similar. Uh, the thing that surprised me is Ewing average actually averaged a half a block more per game than Dwight did. And I was kind of surprised by that. Um. And really, time-wise, they're pretty close at this point. I, I realize Dwight's still playing, uh, and Patrick's retired, but uh, they both played about 1,100 and some games. Um, so that's where I had him at the bottom. Now, I had a couple other guys that I looked at. Um, just to throw another older guy out there who's not as old as George Mikan, but uh, Artis Gilmore was another one that I considered at the bottom, and Artis put up. 18-8 and uh, 12.3 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 2.4 blocks, won a title in the NBA. People don't hear a lot about him because a lot of his stuff was in the NBA. And then he's over to the or in the ABA and then over to the NBA later. Um, but he was another one that I was looking at with Dwight and Mike and, and Ewing at the bottom. And I just ended up going with uh, Mike and Ewing. I had to get my old guy little bit in there and again I'll, I'll defend him more here in a couple weeks but uh some really interesting stories to tell about him was uh was gilmore with those stats was that just his nba stats or is it like a combined aba thing i think it's a combined thing okay it, it gets um, it gets tricky if, with if those you, players right so. it, it, does. It, it is very tricky if you look at most sites like basketball reference where i get most of my stuff um they do combine them because i guess the way they look at it is the leagues merged. Right. The NBA didn't just buy the players or whatever. They uh, merged, so like those are supposed to still count. Yeah, and um, Artis Gilmore's stats are from Basketball Reference. Yeah, so yeah. He, he was good, actually. I, I just read something about him there. He was a good player. Well, as far as your Patrick Ewing argument goes, I have Patrick Ewing on – well, all five of us have Patrick Ewing on our list. Right. And I ever have Ewing higher than Dwight. Yeah, same here. So, so, so I, I'm not going to argue that Dwight's better than Patrick yeah. Ewing. I, I figured it was Mike and it was the difference. 
since I have to argue. Well, that's the same over here in my corner, too. I have Mike in before it. I, before anybody else goes on with anything, I do want to say something about our center list because I didn't realize this until I was doing my Dwight argument. Wade and I have the same 10 centers on our centers list. Different orders, but the same 10 guys. Doug and Drew have the same 10 guys on their list, <laughs> just different orders. Okay. Not as not as the same as Wade and I, the same as each other. Right. And there's only one difference between all four of us. Oh. You two have Mike in, and we have Dwight. Okay. Um, other than that, our center lists are the same. Right. But Ray only <laughs> has two centers different than the rest of us. Wow. Because he doesn't have uh, he doesn't have Mike in or Dwight. Um, he has Matumbo and he has Matumbo and Parrish. But I'm trying to think of who the other guy he left off is now that I'm sitting here thinking about it. I, I do think with with centers, there's at the bottom, there's a lot of guys you can yes. make you can make arguments yes. for. Like in the Matumbo uh, episode, I mean Matumbo, I mean I think you can make a, a good argument for Matumbo to be like your number ten center. Like Matumbo came in at eleven for me. Yeah, like I think I said that. There's well, yeah, yeah. Matumbo. There's a lot of lot of guys you can make make good arguments for at the bottom of the center list. So I mean. There's a lot of guys you can swap in and out there, I think. Well, and, and where did we put Bob McAdoo? Is he on our power forward list or our center? Do, where do we classify him? I don't know. I don't know. I, he's on one of my lists, but not on my 50 list. But, I mean, he was on one of the research lists. But right. I don't remember which was – you're right. I don't remember which position we had yeah. in that power forward or center. Because I, I was looking at him with the centers, and, again, he's another one that's got some pretty decent stuff going for him. Um, Ray, Drew, you got anything? Um, uh, I really don't have anything against Dwight, except for he's really kind of just the way I see him play, kind of like more of a court gesture. <laughs> he just likes to, to clown around on the court, and it just kind of throws me out of the whole whole game altogether because it's really not basketball at that point anymore. It just turned into shenanigans, and it just it just irritates the shit out of me. Well, that's some of his ex-teammates. Um, what what made them mad? They they say they didn't take the game serious enough, and it pissed them off. Well, obviously, I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know the extent of it. But something I've heard repeatedly for years is he smiles too much. He smiles too much. Now, I'm not saying they're the same player by any means, but isn't that Magic Johnson's mo? Oh yeah. So Magic smiled all the time. I mean, so. Yeah. Why is why is it held against Dwight Howard and we talk about it as like this great thing for Magic Johnson? Again, I'm not comparing them as players saying Dwight Howard's as good as Magic Johnson. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying why is it held against one and not the other? I mean, wasn't Shaq known for being a goofball all the time? Oh yeah. yeah the thing too. with Magic and Shaq is they won. Well, they Dwight I mean yeah. didn't. Because I was watching the other day, I was watching old Laker DVDs when they played uh when Kobe played uh Dwight in the finals, and it's when they're either down 2-1 or 3-1, and Kobe's to get you know, a serious look on. Dwight's like, oh, what's up, Kobe? You know you can smile. I'm like, well, Dwight, really, you should be taking this serious when you're down 3-1 at the brink of elimination. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Well, I mean, you may be right. I'm not, I don't know, but um, just because you're smiling having fun, does that mean you're not taking the game seriously? Because, I mean, I'm not a guy that smiles and jokes around. I mean, obviously, I don't play sports anymore, but I'm not a guy that smiles and jokes around. 
um, on the field or the court. Um, but it, if that's what you got to do to to play, I I don't know. I I just think smiling's like oh okay he smiled like it's not again it's not something I did. But if that's what you I mean it, you are playing a game you are supposed to be enjoying yourself and let's be honest not everybody's Kobe and Michael. Right, and you know, like you were saying, dude, I re- I remember the thing that you're talking about with Kobe. Who is more intense than him? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's pretty much I just mean, him and Jordan. And that's, that <laughs> was his his mo. I mean, that's just the way he was gonna gonna be. Um, you know, maybe I, I don't know. After he left the Lakers with the, the whole Kobe Dwight thing, um, I don't think. I mean, I thought when he was playing for the Lakers the first time when he was playing with Kobe. I personally felt like he played pretty well, yeah. you know. And um, but I don't know that anybody lives up to Kobe's standards when you're talking to Kobe. Well, and most guys, I think, kind of ignore it or just ignore him. Um, I've read a couple books about him, and a lot of the players just kind of, you know, ignore that part of it. Maybe for Dwight, it just wasn't fun anymore, and he wanted to have. Be able to enjoy when he was playing. This is one of those situations. I, I've said for years I thought Kobe Bryant ruined Dwight Howard's career. But this is also one of the situations where I feel like I wish we would have known the context of these conversations and what Kobe wanted. Because Dwight led the NBA in rebounds the year he played for the Lakers. Right. Yeah. Um, I he, said I thought he played really well. Um, yeah. You know, his defensive rating was really high. And he played majority of the year hurt. Yeah. He, well, sorry. I didn't remember you. No, I was going to say, now – did he want Dwight to be Shaq? Did he want him to be able to dump the ball into him and him go get thirty? Because I mean that was never going to happen. Um, so if that if, was that the expectation that Dwight couldn't live up to, I, I I guess I just don't know. Right. Yeah, and I agree with you. And you know, and then then after the Laker thing, and he went a couple teams after that, and there was people talking about you know not good in the locker rooms. And again, we don't know the context. What what did they want from? And what were they expecting him to do? It'd be nice to know more of the story. And I'm sure eventually the tell-all books will come out. You know, like the books that have come out about Kobe and stuff. And uh, it tells some of the, the incidents that were just crazy. And I mean, it went beyond Kobe because he went from L.A. to Houston. When he was in Houston, he and James Harden but the James Harden thing is, again, funny because Dwight was playing really well. He had some nice seasons in Houston. And then they went to the playoffs. I mean, they went to the playoffs multiple times. But I mean, Dwight's last year, they went to the playoffs. And and Dwight was killing it. Yeah, he was. Uh, he Was it one of the Lopez brothers? He was. Uh, no, it was. Uh, they were playing Portland. Portland, yes. And he had a couple games where he, he had, like I think one game he had like 24 points in the first half, and then Harden quit getting on the ball, and he ended up like 28 for the game. Right. And, like, stuff like that. And then, in one of the games late in the series, they benched Harden. And Dwight and the rest of the team went on a big run and made a big comeback and won the game. And Harden sitting over there with a towel over his head on the bench, pouting. And, they of course, they end up getting knocked out of the playoffs. So, you know, but then that offseason is when Harden decides to demand Dwight be shipped out of town. And I'm like, you're the one who failed in the playoffs. Dwight held up his half the bargain. Dwight, like you said, like he had like a 25-point first half, 
and then gets two touches in the second half, you know, stuff like this. Like, I, I, I don't know. I guess I understood more. I just listened to, re-listened to, okay, so the, Bill Simmons has the Book of Basketball podcast now, and he, he and Ryan Rosillo and Joe House um, did a Dwight Howard episode, and Rosillo just sat there and bashed Howard the whole time and said that anybody that is a, like, it would root for Dwight Howard. He couldn't talk to him because they're too stupid to talk to. Like, <laughs> and I'm just, and this is somebody I like. I really like Brian Rosillo, but like, I was just like, really? Like, what, I, where's that coming from? Like, <laughs> uh, maybe, he, I mean, he's a, he's a bigger, obviously bigger into this than we are, but like, does he know things we don't, but nobody will say it publicly? Because if all you're holding against the guy is he jokes too much, he smiles too much, you know, he's not serious enough all the time. That's not a reason to like hate, and not a reason to right. like. Well, I don't. I can't even respect people that would root for him. We're rooting for. We have. We're we're sports fans. We have people in all these sports that have like hurt people and you know beat people and beat women and people root for them and we don't say, well, I can't even respect that person because they rooted for him. But because Dwight Howard smiles too much, you can't respect anybody that roots for him. It just seems like a weird stance to take. Yeah. Yeah. Some other stuff that doesn't. It gets overshadowed. Um, it started with the Kobe season. He had a really big back surgery, and he kind he came back early from the back surgery and played through it, and still led league in rebounds, like Alex said, and was doing all this stuff. And I think his back and that caused him a lot of health problems. So still to this day, he still has back issues because he, he came he back had to early. Have a second surgery while in Houston. On his back. Yeah, and and then another thing, I think um, when he was in Orlando. They they would spread the floor and feed him in the middle. Like he got a lot of touches in Orlando, and then they would kick it out and shoot threes, and then he would score down low. Well, then I think in certain situations later in his career, he wanted the ball, but that it wasn't really at that point wasn't his game, and he was like demanding the ball like in Atlanta or with like the the Bobcats or whatever it was uh, at the time, Hornets, whatever. Um, and uh, of course, his teammates were like, "No, we're not. We're not giving him the ball. That's not our offense. We're not, you know." And he's down there yelling for it. I think that was another thing that happened with a couple, couple of his brief stops at places. Well, the other thing is too is the game moved away from big men. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was just going to make that comment. We've talked about some guys that the game has passed them by and that they have slowed down. I don't feel like Dwight necessarily slowed down, but the game changed. You know, I mean, it, it really is a totally different game today than it was when he came into the league. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I do have more Dwight Howard argument, not just talking about his character. Um, so, essentially, what I meant, what I was getting at earlier when I talk about our center list is there's not really too many guys to talk about because we all have most of the same guys on our list. So, really, it boils down to talking about George Mikan. Robert Parrish, and Dikembe Mutombo. And two of those guys we've already talked about. And the other one comes up in like two episodes. Right, yeah. So again, I don't want to have this huge George Mikan conversation because we're getting ready to do an entire yeah, George exactly. I don't want to give away the argument. <laughs> but I do have some bits and pieces here to talk about those guys. So with Mikan, um, we already know how I feel about the time period, so I'm not going to harp on that. Um, but there's a couple of things that really, really stood out to me. Number one is Dwight's crew field goal percentage 
is 18% higher than George Mikan's. <laughs> 18. That's, that's insanity. Yeah, that's, that's almost 20. <laughs> well, well, yes. Uh, which is what, you know, like some guys shoot from three. <laughs> like, that's like, that's like Dwayne Wade's career three points percentage. Um, so that was a big thing for me. Um, especially since Mikan was playing, he was the first big guy. You know, he's playing against a guy that's a lot smaller than him. You know, but we've, we've talked about the other percentage before. Um, the other thing is, is Dwight has almost tripled George Mikan's games. Um, George Mikan played seven seasons in, in professional basketball. Um, and 439 games, which is a hundred less games than Kawhi Leonard, who all three of you said hasn't played enough to uh, be on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, did... <laughs> no, <laughs> make no. a wait smile. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I thought that would be interesting. Wade and I on the same team was going to be interesting. Um. So that was the only things I wanted to bring up about Mikan. So do uh, either one of you Mikan guys want to retort before I move on? Well, well, sorry, I had my mic turned off. Um, I, I agree. The, the, the field goal percentage, I have no defense for that. <laughs> it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and he did play a lot fewer games. Now, in doing some of my research, the, we talk about seven seasons. He actually played nine seasons. But the first two were in the NBL. Uh, and he actually won titles in both those years. Oh, nice. Um, what, what is the NBL? It's the know? National Basketball League. It was the precursor to the NBA. It was in 46, 47, 47, 48, something like that. And actually, uh, the way it started, he played for the Chicago Gears. I'd never heard of them until I did the research. Me neither. Um, and then the second year he was in the NBL, he actually played for the Lakers. Okay. And then they moved over to their owner, moved them to the BAA, I think, which became the NBA. And so the first two, so he actually had two more years. Um, there, those stats, the NBA did not accept. So those two years are out. And he had another couple thousand points, I think, or a thousand points. And correct me if I'm wrong. But during that time, they didn't keep track of rebounds. He may not – that first, that NBL may not have had rebounds. It may have just been points. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think the, the NBA things. did when they came back. Now, they still, of course, didn't do the uh, blocks and, and steals. Because that was one thing I was really yeah. disappointed in. I wanted to know the blocks compared to the, the other guys. Um, so, yeah, there, there were actually a couple more seasons. So his career was a little bit longer, but not really that much longer. Um, Again, I'll go into a lot more of that when we get to that. <laughs> I think I think Mikan um probably the thing that Mikan probably has over Dwight is Mikan played an important part of the story of the NBA. Like he has a key part. He's the first big dominant big man we ever had. You can't tell the story of the NBA without George Yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting right. at. So yeah. he, had, he has a very important part in history, which Dwight does not have. And he was my 10th center. Yeah. He was the last Yeah, same here. He's my number 10. Then obviously, I mean, Dwight played, you know, like 60 years later or whatever it was, 50 years, 40 years, whatever. But, uh, math. <laughs> <laughs> 
haven't done math for a while. Oh. Drufus, you got anything for us? No, not much. I don't want to give away too much for George Mikan, but Dejin, correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't uh, Dwight and George Mikan both the same height? Uh, yeah, I believe they're both 16. All right. I just How much does Dwight weigh? 265. Okay. Mikan played at, I think, about 245. I, I bet Dwight in his prime was probably heavier than him. He might be listed. He was big, like muscular. Oh, yeah. Big. He, was I mean, he, he was. I mean, I'm not. I, I'm not holding us to any of the heights and weights we do here. I just, I literally brought all the heights and weights straight from basketball reference. Right. No, no, I, like, we talked about that with the Mark Jackson episode. Like, it said Mark Jackson weighed 180, and I was like, bullshit. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> they say, like, LeBron realistically weighs, like, at certain points in his career, he was, like, 270, 280. Like, he was yeah. big. And Dwight's taller than he is and just muscular. Yeah. So, I, I bet right. he was pretty, he's a pretty big boy. Well, when, when Dwight quit eating the candy. Yeah. And really started hitting the weights. He, yeah, he really know, got big. I don't remember if it was his third or fourth year in the league, but like he came back from the off season, and you were like, "Oh my god!" Like, he got what he did, What did he do in the off season? Mm-hmm. He came back with like a bodybuilder. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. His shoulders are popping out. Yeah. It's all jacked, and <laughs> because he was skinny when we drafted when Orlando yeah. drafted him. I shouldn't say we, but um, uh, when Orlando drafted him, he was very skinny, and. I remember thinking because that was back before we really covered high school kids that weren't LeBron in depth. Yeah, like you knew who they, you knew who some of the top high school kids were, but you didn't really get to see him. You didn't really get to do that stuff. And like I remember when we when they were showing him, like Orlando might take Dwight Howard one. And I was like, the skinny high school kid, like with no moves or was no jump the, shot, like what? What was that? The Mecca Okafor year? Yeah, the Mecca Okafor between him and Okafor. Oh, yeah, I wanted Okafor. I did. I. I won't. I won't deny. I mean, obviously, the Magic did the right thing because Okafor's career fizzled. Um, but I wanted Okafor bad, and yeah. we, when we took Dwight Howard, I was like, oh. yeah, that was a legit conversation for a while because Emeka Okafor was by far the best player in, in yeah, college. Was, he had an amazing college career. Yeah, and he was the more polished product. Yeah, I mean, he he had a he could turn around jump. You know, had a turnaround jumper. He had a jump hook. Um, you know, and he was elite. Defensively in college, you know, he was a big time shot blocker, and his first few years in the league was nice. He averaged a double double for numerous years in a row. Yeah, and then he hurt his back. Right. I mean, he he wasn't trash. He was he was a solid player. But anyway, I just uh, that was the stuff I had on Mike, and um, um, I I didn't really bring up a bunch of Matumbo stuff because we used Howard to compare to Matumbo in the Matumbo episode. Um. So I didn't uh, do a bunch of Matumbo stuff. But, again, Parrish, somebody we've already discussed. Um, so, I, again, I don't want to browbeat us with another whole bunch of Parrish stuff. Um, but Howard averages more points, more rebounds, more steals, and more blocks. By almost, by I do believe identical assist numbers um, while shooting a higher field goal percentage. And he quadruples him in all NBAs. So that's really what I went with that. And... They're not identical players by any means. Um, Parrish and Howard, I mean. They're not identical players. Their games were slightly different. Um, but I think if you ask Dwight to do a lot of the things that Parrish did for those Celtics teams, I do believe Dwight could do them. Um, probably the only thing that he did that I, uh, or that Parrish did that Dwight wouldn't be able to do was his baseline jumper because Dwight can't shoot. So, <laughs> I think just in general with Dwight, like when you look at all the 
the the great centers, you know, that we all know. Olajuwon, Robinson, Jabbar, Moses Malone, all those guys. Dwight can compete with them defensively and rebounding-wise. He's, I think, right there with them. He has the accolades for defense. He's just a, a notch, or in some cases, a few notches below them offensively. He didn't quite develop the offensive game that a lot of the great grades had. He, he relied a lot on just pure athleticism. And he, he developed a few little post moves. Like he, he got a little better at it, but that's that's kind of his downfall was was uh, offensive development compared to some other guys. I agree, and I don't deny that Dwight never became a dominant post player or developed post moves or all those things. Those all those complaints are true. But that being said. We can hold like if you want to say how good could Dwight Howard have been if he developed a post game? That's a fair question, but that doesn't take away from what he did. Post game or not, when he goes out and averages twenty three and fourteen, he did that without a post game. Um, now, do I think the post game would make his stats better now? Yes. Probably so, because like last year with the Lakers, um, he scored pretty much all his points by catching lobs from LeBron and Rondo right? Um, and dunking. Or just put back rebound dunks. Yeah, put back rebound dunks. I mean, that, that's that's really where he's at right now at this late point in his career. Um, but if you could throw the ball to him, I'm not saying he's going to feed him the ball, but if you could throw the ball down to him in the second unit two or three times a game and you know him go down there and dream shake or you know drop step, you know, whatever he's going to do and get you a few more baskets, it probably would benefit him at this point in his career. But I think at this point in his career, the NBA has just passed him by. As far as the NBA doesn't play big men anymore. The NBA doesn't uh, want big men that can't shoot threes, all these things. And Dwight's not going to be that guy. Dwight can't shoot free throws, so he's not going to shoot threes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, crap, I just lost my train of thought. Um, oh, and last year in the playoffs, because I do think the NBA is going to slightly swing back towards the big men here recently. Last year in the playoffs, when the Lakers played Denver, and the first couple games, Jokic ate him up. What did they do? They started Dwight Howard. For yes, the they series. put Dwight in. And Dwight and Jokic went to war, and Dwight played him very well. I'm not saying he went out there and you know shut him down completely, but Jokic didn't have near the rest of the series he did the first couple games. When McGee was out there, a guy that's supposed to also be right, good defensively. Really good. Yeah, Dwight kind of took the job over from McGee as the year went on. Um, just to throw in a little bit, I mentioned Artis Gilmore earlier. And I haven't done a huge amount of research on Artis, but I pulled up some stuff um, to compare him with Dwight. Field goal percentage we talked about earlier. Dwight's 586. Artis Gilmore's 582. Right there together. Um, games, 1147 for Dwight, 1300. For artists, he played a few more games. And Wade, you were asking earlier about how many seasons? Five in the ABA, okay. 12 in the NBA. He played 17 total. So that puts him close. Um, we won't do three point percentage because neither one of them are that. Uh, free throw percentage, artist was 698 to Dwight's 565. Um, rebounds per game, Dwight 12 2, artist 12 3. Assists, Dwight 1.4, artist 2.3. Steals 0.9 for Dwight, 0.6 for Artis. Uh, 
Dwight's blocks 1.9 to 2.4 for Gilmore. Uh, Gilmore did have a few more turnovers, 3.1 to 2.8. But he averaged 18.8 to 16.4 on the points. And then when I got to looking back at his career accolades that we talked about earlier, um, Gilmore, of course, in the Hall of Fame, 11 time All Star, five times All ABA. He won a 75 ABA championship. He was five times all defensive in the NBA. He was on the, the all rookie team. He's rookie of the year. He actually won an MVP in the, the ABA. So uh, I think Artis Gilmore and Dwight compare pretty. And I mean, people put Artis Gilmore pretty high on center list. That's what I say. It sounds I like they compare pretty close. Sounds like Gilmore should have made a list of you. Know? It's kind of, kind of surprised when I look at his, what he did. I like Artis Gilmore. He does have some impressive stuff going on. Um, we haven't had this conversation yet. I don't know if this is the place to have it, but what do we do with the ABA stuff? Really? I mean, it, yeah. it is tough. Because are, are we going to are we, are we say, well, he's five-time all ABA? Does that, does, that, does that mean something to us? Right, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I tend to lean away from it, personally. Um, the stats but, get really crazy in the ABA. Do you ever look at Dr. J's stats in the ABA compared to the NBA? Yeah, and like I mean, his rebounds are like he's averaging like 12, 13 rebounds a game. Yeah, and then goes to the NBA and they, they get knocked in half. Well, there'll be other players that are going to come up, like Dr. J, Rick mm-hmm. Barry, that had significant time yeah. in the ABA yeah, there, before a, they came to the NBA. There's a few of them, so it's it's a good discussion to have. It is. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting. Um, well, because first off, the talent pool was split in half. Right. That, that's yeah. the thing. That's the knock on both sides. Yes. Because you had the talent split in half. And here's some, something a lot of people don't realize. There was a lot of people forced out of the NBA when the merger happened. Because once all the talent got together, guys just weren't good enough to play anymore. Right. Well, when, when the two leagues merged, the NBA took the top four teams from the ABA. And I think they were down to an eight-team league maybe by that point. And they drop the rest of them. Yes. You know, so you've got a few teams that are moving in, and then you've got a whole bunch of players that are suddenly out of work, and competition got a lot tougher. And well, I just I just read an article the other day talking about um, somebody, again, we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks, so I'm not even going to say their name, but a Hall of Famer that they're like, their career ended abruptly after the merger because they just – couldn't keep up anymore. And they're like, if they wouldn't have merged, he probably would have played another three or four or five years. And, you know, his his overall career numbers would be more impressive, so on and so forth. But uh, they introduced all this young or different talent to, to the league, and he couldn't keep up. And it ended his career a lot more abruptly than people thought it would. You know, it, I, I don't know what the correct answer is with the merger and the ABA, NBA stuff. But Wade's point is very valid. The the numbers in the ABA are crazy. Yeah. Some of them. I was just looking at like artists' first five years. Um, he peaked out at twenty four six per game points. Not too crazy, but he peaked out at eighteen three in rebounds. And he actually had a year where he averaged five blocks a game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you look up Dr. J's stats. <laughs> Dr. J's stats, some of his stats skyrocket in the ABA, and then they fall off a lot when it comes to the NBA. Not right. that, I mean, he's obviously great. 
Yeah, well, we all have Doctor J on our list. I mean, not yeah. uh, we're not do- docking Doctor. That was really bad. He's just like uh, the... we're not we're not uh, putting Doctor J down, but he didn't he didn't drop off in his mid twenties to like like you said half the rebounds and let less than half of the blocks and drop his points significantly. That didn't happen from one year to the next in the middle of his peak. Like it was because he went he started playing better competition and yeah. and uh. Uh, better teams and so on and so forth. He's just the best comparison. He's the most famous player from, yes, from yes. Both, both leagues. Yeah. I agree. And I can hear Mark in the back of my head going, Alex is wrong. The <laughs> ABA was the better league. <laughs> the ABA was interesting. And just a note, uh, George Mikan was big in forming the ABA and was one of the like, commissioners, leaders. Was he really? To start the ABA. Yeah. And I think he may have actually been the one that picked the red, white, and blue basketball. To try to get the so when when Mike and quit playing, he stuck around basketball and, and was big in the ABA. I was telling Ray earlier. I think he also was part of a huge lawsuit that went on for years against the NBA to get uh, pension benefits for retirees for some of the old guys that were getting little or no money. So. I just want to say one thing. I felt really sad when the ABA merger went down because Jackie Moon. And I get to, I get to bring his Michigan Tropics to the AB, or to the NBA. So funny that movie. My eye. That is a great movie. Because they used to, like the Spurs and the Pacers too. Yeah. Oh, coffee black. <laughs> well, I did miss the St. Louis Spirits. Yeah, that was a pretty cool team. Well, uh, I don't know that we actually argued about Dwight Howard all that much, but. Uh, <laughs> Do we want to give our uh, closing statements on Dwight? Yeah, I'll go first. Sure. For what I think Dwight is, he was really close to making my list, but I just think he's in probably the most toughest uh, position out of the five, I would say. I think all of us agree with that because I think I have four centers in my top ten, so they're they're definitely the strongest category, I think. And it's, I think it's just hard for Dwight to make it in my top ten centers. Okay. Right. Uh, I have nothing against Dwight. He's a very impressive big guy. Uh, it's just, I don't know, there's something about him that just kind of brings me out of the game. <laughs> just, I don't know, he'll be down there in the post, and then it'll be like five minutes, and then him and the other guy be arguing about, you know, hooking each other together, and you got to break him up like a couple of bulls or something. <laughs> and I'll be down there for five minutes, and it's just like, okay, well, I'm done for the night. I don't want to watch this anymore. But uh I mean, yeah, he's he's really an impressive center. But I went with other people instead of him. I just thought they were better centers than Dwight. Um I like Dwight too. I'm kinda like Drew. Uh, the centers was my, my toughest position. And uh, I, of course I've thrown in a couple old guys and I threw in George Mikan on this, which a little tease we'll talk about in a couple of weeks. And again, artists. I was looking at artists Gilmore, too. And uh, Centers is tough. And um, so I just went a slightly different way. But I do like Dwight. Well, I will say this. I do believe you're right, Drew. I thought Centers is the most packed position. Um, and yeah. I went one to eight like that. Oh, just yeah. lickety split. I knew who my top eight centers were. I, I I might have to stop and think for a second on order, but I knew who my top eight centers were before I sat down. 
I was pretty sure that was the first one I did, just trying to get to the flow of things. I was pretty sure I was like, bang, bang, bang. Well, like, think about like, think how great Patrick Ewing was, and he's at the bottom of all of our center lists. He, <laughs> yes. he was, he was a yes. great, great player. Like, exactly. Was, yeah, I agree. And he's around what eight, nine, seven for all of us. Like, yeah. and he was, he was a dominant force for a long time in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so. You know, I ended up with the the last two guys on my list ended up being Dwight and Willis Reed. Sorry, I almost just said Willis. Um, Willis Reed. And, what you talking about Willis? That's right. Um, I don't remember exactly who you guys' final two guys on your list. I think you just said yours was Ewing. Ewing and Mike. I think you're, Ewing's at the end of your list. Yeah, too. Ewing and Mike. And I had Reed one ahead of Ewing. Yeah. So All I right mean, there yeah, it's it's a it's the least argued position. I yeah, th- I, I agree. think. I think since every single person here has eight of the ten guy guys on on every single list, I think the big thing will be arguing positioning later. You know, well, I have Ewing at ten, and you have Ewing at six. What the hell? You know, it'll be you know, or I have Ewing at forty nine, and you have Ewing at thirty nine. You know, stuff like that. It won't be. We're not going to be sitting here arguing about a bunch of centers that didn't make everybody's list. Eight of the ten of all of our lists, or more on some of them, made all the lists. So, anyway, I don't want to ramble. I'll give my closing statement. Um, no, I don't think, I don't have Dwight high on my list. He's nine on my list. Um, I think um, Dwight, like I said earlier, is elite, elite. Uh, he's like well, one of three guys to have three different player of the year awards. Um, his elite defensive stuff is uh, is awesome, and then but he's not a zero on offense like the guys that did that along with him. Um, that was the big big selling point for me. Plus, if he you know if he finishes this season without you know missing the season due to injury, um, or maybe plays another season after this, he'll probably be, be top ten in both blocks and rebounds all time. Um, so. That's a huge uh, thing, uh, I, I believe. I mean, nobody's ever going to catch Wilton Russell on rebounds. So, I mean, that's not even a realistic thing to, to wish for. But uh, I think he's he's a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for, not just the guys in this room. I mean, the national media, the people, just fans in general, because like Ray said, there's a lot of people that just dislike Dwight. And we watched some all-time greats like Kobe and Harden publicly bash him for years so i do although kobe bryant was the one that brought dwight howard back to the lakers last year before he died he went to the front office and said you need to sign dwight when dwight was black not black well dwight was pretty much out of the league because nobody would sign him and kobe went to bat for dwight and got dwight signed in la um not part of my argument i'm just saying it's a weird development things have gotten so out of hand with him with the national media a lot of people don't think he should even go to the Hall of Fame. That's been a, that was an argument just like last year all over all the sports shows. People arguing if he's a Hall of Famer or not, which I think is kind of ridiculous. He's a he's a he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and it, it shouldn't be a question. He his, statistically and award wise, it's it's there's not an argument to be made. We we already established what it takes to get into the Hall of Fame. He did it. Let's, yeah. let's move on. I, I would agree. There's no doubt that he should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
disliked by so many people. That's that's how it goes. But, so it's fair uh, or not. That's no, how, I that's don't how it works. I don't. I, I don't know what he's done. Right. And, serious. We're doing it all over the place. Um, we did the NFL did a Terrell Owens. I, mean, I don't like Terrell Owens. Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling. But you being a nice guy or you're a political affiliation has nothing to do with what you did on the field of play. It had nothing to do with what you did on the field of play, excuse me. And that's what we're judging you on. Now Buster only can come out and say there's a there's a clause in the Hall of Fame voting that says uh um, what does he call it? The uh, uh, it's like a personality clause where you have to be a decent person or something. Uh, he he always puts it on social media why he doesn't vote for certain guys. What's well, a crock of shit? Okay, and not everybody feels this way because guys like Ty Cobb are in the Hall of Fame, right? And he was not popular with the other players, <laughs> right? And you know. Is you know I'm not trying to pick on you Colts guys, but Marvin Harrison's a giant fucking asshole, <laughs> and he got in the hall. But we're going to keep Terrell Owens out for the same thing. Like we got to be consistent here, people. Um, I don't think laughing, smiling, even joking, even if you didn't take the game as seriously as other people, I don't think that's a reason to keep somebody out of the hall. Uh, anyway, I have in my top fifty. I do feel fairly strong about it, um, but. Uh, I can I can understand some things being said. Um, I, mean, I really don't have too much more to add. We've all kind of hit on everything. I feel like um, we've all pretty much stated that uh, the bottom of the centers is is tough. Um, there's a group of guys you can compare. I mean, Uncle Doug literally just compared Gilmore to Howard, and it was extremely close. And I don't think any of us even have Gilmore on any of our lists. No, none of us do. Um, so I mean, the bottom of centers is hard. It's you know, it, you know, I. I watched Dwight, um, so he's one of the people that clicked in my head uh, when I was seeing the bottom of my list. Um, he is, you know, defensively, like Alex said, he's he has a, a ton of accomplishments that a lot of players have never come close to achieving. Um, uh, offensively, he, he has a, a few weaknesses, but uh, but overall, I, I thought it was worthy of uh, the bottom of my, my top 10 centers. All right, well... That wraps up Dwight Howard, and we can move on to the trivia portion of our episode. So, uh, does anybody have a question ready to go so that we can uh, ask it? I got one pulled up. Go for it. A little, a little different here this week. Um, can you name three? I'll take any three of the top five players ever with the most technical fouls. So just give That's me an interesting question, will it? Three out of five. Give me three. Hmm. Um. Wow. That's harder than I thought it was gonna be. When you first asked it, I was like, I could do this. Oh. But uh, maybe but not as well as good as I thought. How many do you want? Three. You want wants to list three. Any any three in the top five. Okay. I have my three. I don't feel great about it though. Well, once you hear the top five names, you'll be like, "Okay, I, that makes sense." <laughs> Anybody else got theirs? Yeah. All right, one more. You mean to say? Mm-hmm. All right, we're waiting on Drewby. All right, I'm ready. All right, Wade, you ready? Okay, let's go one at a time here. All right, I got you, Alberta. I got Wallace, Kobe, and Rodman. 
Rashid is who I'm talking about. <laughs> you have two correct. Uh, Kobe is not on there. I have Rashid Wallace, Draymond Green, and Dennis Rodman. You again got two out of three. Um, no Draymond? No Draymond. No Draymond. Okay. Oh, all Pistons. All right. You got one. No Lambeer, Mahora. All right. I have Rodman, Kareem, and Larry Bird. You got one. The top five is in order. Number one all time is Carmelo. Um, right behind him, only three behind him is Charles Barkley. And then you got Rasheed Wallace, uh, Gary Payton, and then Dennis Rodman. Good cool. question. Yeah, so no points. Nope, no points. First question of the night. Anybody else got one? Yeah, I got one. All right. Um, we talked about Dwight not being a great free throw shooter. Uh, who has the worst all time, not single season, not any game, but all career free throw percentage? And by the way, it happens to be 41.4%. Is there, is there a minimum like free throws you have to shoot or something to qualify for this? Do we know? Uh, I'm sure there is. Uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. But we're we're talking guys that have played quite a bit. So okay, yeah. I got my answer. Oh, I can't think. This guy stood out in my mind because one year I remember he shot 19 percent from the free throw line. So I feel like his career percentage can't be great. Anybody else got theirs? Yeah, I got mine. We're waiting on the Willard. I got it. We're good. All right. Okay. I have Andres Biedrins. Nope. Damn it. Shaq. Nope. I have Kenyon Martin. Nope. Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace. Wait, ah, got it. All right. Ben shot 41.4% for his career. We're not just talking one season, the career. <laughs> I always find it very interesting with him. He obviously was averaged like five points per game on his career or something absurd. Was a terrible free throw shooter. But he had this one jump shot in one spot that he was money from all the time. It was like off to the side of the free throw line. For some reason, he could hit that one jump shot. Don't know why. All right, anybody else ready? Yeah, I got my question. All right, let's go, Drew. What NBA star hosted Saturday Night Live in uh, 2018? 2018. All right. I think what was going on in By the way, I have... No idea. It's purely a guess. Wait. Is it like current player or just was just any player? Just an NBA star. Okay. Anybody got their answer? I got my answer. I got mine. I got mine. All right. All right. Well, I'll show you mine. Joel Embiid. No. <laughs> I said D Wade. Nope. Shaq. No. But Kobe. Nope. Charles Barkley. Damn it. Charles Barkley. All right. Barkley. All right. All right. So, Ray, me or you? I'll go ahead. All right. one. Who was the first lottery pick in NBA history? I don't know when the lottery started. Oh, I'm gonna, this is going to be purely a shot in the dark. Hmm. Do, 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 do. 
I took my shot. It's purely uh, dark. But... Yeah, same here. Uh, I got mine. Yeah, I got mine. All right, go ahead. Well, I have uh, Manny. Manny, Manny. Okay. I said Ewing. Okay. I said Akeem Elijahwan, but Shaq. And the correct answer is Patrick Ewing. That was you? Yep, that was me. Oh, you got it. Just remember the big conspiracy theory that uh, they frozen, thought the frozen, yeah, the frozen envelope. All right, who's left? That is just me. Okay. Okay. Here's the question: Who was the first player to be drafted number one overall without playing high school or college basketball? Silence. <laughs> so was he on work release when they picked him up? <laughs> It'll make sense if I tell you the answer. But okay. I'm not in the hint game. Well, I didn't figure you were. I'm getting my ass kicked in this game. I'm, not, I'm just know. trying to think of someone who didn't play college. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I keep... Thinking of people, and oh. I know where they went to college. So I'm like, oh, crap. Like, number one picks. Bray's confident in his answer. I think I got it. I don't even know if this guy's number one pick, but I'm going to write him down. And if it's right, I want to show it real hard. <laughs> Everybody got it? Yeah. All right, let's see it. I said Luca. Uh, no, it's not Luca. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Garnett. Not Kevin Garnett. All the candy? It's not all candy. I said Master P. Master P. <laughs> the rapper. <laughs> okay. Well, the correct answer is Yao Ming. Oh. Oh, God. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it never clicked in my head at all. I'm just right. Like, never even crossed my mind. I was thinking Damn. foreign, but I didn't go back far. Yeah. Yeah. Make him say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that wraps up our trivia section. Um, with the scores after this week, are as stands. Um, Ray with 11, Alex with 16. Neither one of those scores are moved in multiple weeks. Um, Doug with 21, and Drew and Wade are now tied at 23 after Wade got a question right tonight. All right. So that'll wrap up the episode. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, join us next week to discuss Vince Carter. Uh, so uh, we appreciate your listen and I uh, hope you listen next week. Thanks.